When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Donovan McNabb, joined with Armando Segarro. This is The Five Spot, in which we give you everything that you need with the latest news, uh, latest gossip, things that should happen, things that have already happened. Uh, And the big question for us, we'll start to show off with the coaching search. We all know that a lot of coaches should be fired or some guys are on the hot seat like Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, which I feel like he should not be fired and uh, the hot seat should be Howie Roseman. But they decided to move on from their coordinators. Uh, A lot of teams are looking for coaches at this particular point. A lot of names are out in the hat and going in for interviews. Some have been asked to come back a second time. For what? I'm still really trying to figure that out. A lot of ball clubs need to move in a different direction and change their culture. Uh, And at this particular point, the biggest name that everyone continues to bring up is Bill Belichick because he is the GOAT. He's the guy that's won so many Super Bowls and and had, obviously, the GOAT as his quarterback while he had that success in New England. But he's been brought back to Atlanta multiple times to sit down and talk. And the question for me is why? There are a lot of young guys in – that are available at this particular point. I know they have some set up with uh, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. Uh, there are other coordinators that are throwing names that have been thrown out there. But Bill Belichick is a name that's going to continue to float, and you wonder if he and Pete Carroll, at the age of 70-plus, will be brought to carry the torch for these organizations. Armando, in your eyes, is this now moving into the young man's coaching uh, eras of the 34 and older, or will Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll get a chance to continue on with their reigns and add to their legacy at this particular point? So, Donovan, what is going on in this uh, in this cycle of of coaching search is ageism. Um, it, it's there is no doubt about that. You have Pete Carroll, who, as you mentioned, is 70 plus years old. Uh, I believe he's 72 and he wants to coach. He is energetic. He is accomplished. He knows how to do it. He has done it. And not one team with an opening has shown any interest in him after the Seattle Seahawks fired him. And they're thinking of hiring a guy who in Dan Quinn, who gave up like, what was it? 38 or 48 points? 48. (laughs) In the playoffs. So you give up 48 points in the playoffs. Come on down. We might, you know, we like you. But Pete Carroll, uh, you know, who is 72, we're we're putting you to the out to pasture. And, you know, nobody else is the least bit has shown any interest in him. On the other hand, you have Bill Belichick, who's 71. He will be 72 in April. And you said he was the GOAT. Uh, The GOAT has nowhere to eat, 
paper wads or or trees or any. He's got no pasture. He because the only team. What are, what does goats eat? I have no idea. I wonder how paper wads. I don't know. <laughs> I I have no idea what goats eat, but he has nothing to to feed on because the only team that has shown any interest in him is the Atlanta Falcons, and they've shown interest in everybody. So it almost like doesn't count. And I'm wondering, look, if if those two candidates, let me put it to you in a in a kind of sense here. If those two candidates were, I don't know, the only, um, if they were the only black candidates in the group, let's let's put it that way, and nobody had been interested in him, we'd be going the Rooney Rule. We'd be going what, what? What, what, what? And the media would be going, what happened? Um, but they're not. They're right. old white guys. And so nobody is saying a thing about Super Bowl winning old white guys not getting a lot of play. Um, it's weird. It's weird. And I and I get it. I mean, I don't, maybe I don't get it. Maybe you can explain it to me because I don't. Uh, I don't understand. Well, I had talked about on previous shows that the game has changed. And I'll go back to when uh, Kyle Shanahan had his first successful year uh, in, in San Francisco. Now, we've we seen when he was uh, the coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons, his name started to rise a bit. Then, then he goes to Cleveland. Uh, they draft Johnny Menzel. wasn't, you know, kind of peaches and cream. Then he goes to San Francisco, and I think it was his second season when things started to change, where now, as you continue to go along, you see the evolution of, of uh, his offense. And so now you add in Sean McVay. Then you add in uh, the coach in Cincinnati that came under McVay. Uh, and then LaFleur. All of these 33, 34-year-old guys now start, start to evolve where the game has changed. And then you look at McConnell out of, in Minnesota. Uh, you know, you look at, as it goes on, you look at these coaching staff and they're getting younger. And so when you start to go from the age of 33, 34 years old to maybe 42, somewhere in that range, and then you look at the upper tier where you're looking at Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, that's a big jump. And that's a big jump. And I understand the resume that Bill Belichick is coming with, but I had talked about it a couple of shows before that, you know, you have the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions and you see what they're doing now in the NFC championship against San Francisco. And, and then, you know, you look across the board that, you know, the offensive coordinator, even in Tampa is starting to get some attention. Uh, you know, so when your team is successful and you start to see the evolution of the offense and then the quarterback is playing well, their names are going to be brought to the attention. And so I think they're moving on, and I don't want to sound bad in this sense, but I think they're moving on from the dinosaurs and now starting to, to come with the babies because they have more time. They feel like they can develop some of these young, talented guys, and they'll be around more. And is it ageism, as, as you brought up? Yeah, in a sense it is. 
Uh, is it something that I think for us as viewers or former players can look at and say, yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, you, you, we can't say that. But then you kind of understand the direction in which some of these organiz organizations are going with. But I will say this, not that this will happen for neither one of them. Uh, they bring on the older guys to become assistant coaches and consultants. You know, when they're consulting them, the young guys who have never been head coaches, to be able to help them through the process to learn more and speed up speed up the learning curve, so to speak. But I don't think Bill Belichick or, or Pete Carroll would, would want to do that uh, at this particular point in their career. Well, I mean, they don't they don't need a, a mentor to teach them how to do it. They they've been doing it right. So Bill, Bill Belichick doesn't need someone ninety to teach seventy two year old guy. <laughs> no, no. Or the help of a law. I'm talking uh, about reverse. The young guys having Bill and and Pete. Fair, but I don't think neither one of those guys no. would want to come on to like. Bobby Slowick, who is a first-year offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans, did a great job with the Texans and with C.J. Stroud. He's 36 years old. Yeah. I bet you Bobby, you know, he's taking head coach interviews. I'm assuming that he is going to be a head coach in the NFL at some point. But, I mean, he's 36. And I'm not sure he's ready after one year as a coordinator uh, I think that if I'm measuring him versus Bill Belichick, I think I I like Belichick's resume more. I would say this to you. Um, the, the whole idea with, with Belichick in particular is he comes with a certain amount of baggage True. in that he may want to, because of his resume – he may want to be in charge of certain things that maybe the Atlanta Falcons aren't ready for him to be in charge of. They already have a general manager. They already have a president and CEO who, who has say over the coach and the general manager. And it's possible that, that he doesn't fit there, but I find it hard to believe that a team like Carolina that, shows no interest uh, uh, you know Tennessee which makes sense by the way for uh Bill Belichick obviously they've gone to Brian Callahan Rand Carthon and and Bill Belichick have worked together already in their time and yet Rand Carthon is the general manager and yet no interest it's weird it's just weird to me and um we're headed down a road where it's possible neither one of those guys is going to be in the NFL next year if the Atlanta Falcons don't somehow pull a rabbit out of their hat and out of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 candidates that they have interviewed, they pick Belichick. Uh, it, it, I, I, it's stunning to me that he's not in more demand. Stunning. Well, you know what? It's funny. Um, I, as as I thought about the teams that are available that are looking for head coaches and, and interviews, um, two two teams come to mind, and only one because he's been brought back multiple times. And and I think at this particular point, Hot Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are trying to draw their fans in and just hey, you know what? We're bringing Bill Belichick back, and 
you know, we're going to interview Jim Harbaugh, you know, trying to get their fans back aboard of, hey, we're trying to change this thing around. I'm going to tell you the team that no one really talks about that possibly it could happen because no one's even they, – they haven't even mentioned or reported any coaches that have come in there to interview, and that would be the Washington Commanders. I think for the Washington Commanders of what Atlanta's doing, it would be perfect for them to interview Bill Belichick and possibly bring Bill Belichick in to change things around. Number one, I think he needs 14, 14 wins – to be the all-time leader over Don Shula, correct? Is it 14 Hi. or 15 runs? He needs 15. Uh, yeah. 15. And so when you look at it in a sense, in the NFC, it's a little bit easier to win 15 games, 16 games uh, in the regular season in about two, two years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, in the NFC East, it's winnable uh, with – the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the New York Giants. Uh, also, bringing in a, a big figurehead like that to start with this new regime of of o- the owner, uh, the management team, all of these uh, guys that have been pointed on the board for the coaching search, former GMs and former presidents in the NBA are on the board. It will be perfect for them to start things out. And then also it reminds you, back when they brought Joe Gibbs back. When they brought Joe Gibbs back, it was to try to change that era back to what it was with the with the Hawks. And then they were able to find searches for some of the younger guys. So it actually set the tone for them going forward at least three years from now, if, if Bill kind of gets his wins and decides to retire, that now they can move on and get that younger coach uh, that may be available at that particular time. By the way, Adam Peters, who was hired as the general manager of the Commanders, guess where he started his career? New England. In, in New England. In 2003 to 2008, he was a scout for the New England Patriots. I mean, it's served up on a platter. And I, I want to address something because I'm sure some viewers are going, yeah, you hire a 71, 72-year-old. You've only got him for three, four years tops. I got news for you, guys. You hire a 36-year-old, he might be done in two years. If there he does you go. Perform. So what? don't tell me about three or four years and you're not hiring a coach for 10 years. Nobody in the NFL hires a coach for 10 years. It's, no. that's, that's stupid planning. Uh, not smart planning. It's it, nobody does that. You, they get five-year contracts, but if they're not if they're not performing, they're out in two or three. So what's the difference? It doesn't make it doesn't make a difference what age those guys are. Well, unless you're hiring Andy Reid, that came from a great regime with a quarterback that uh, was there over a decade, and then after they traded him, things didn't go as well as he. But I'm not going to really bring that up. Um, you know. So- <laughs> should have never traded a guy. Should have never got rid of your coach. But, you know, I look at it in a sense for where we are. It will be interesting to see as these games now evolve, meaning the NFC and the AFC championship of those coaches that are brought out for interviews. Because I think right now, um, and I help me with his name. Um, I don't want to want to mess it up and call him somebody else. The Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. Um, Ryan Johnson. 
Brian Johnson. Offensive. Um, yeah. Yes. He has, he is, I mean, I think he has five or six teams that are on the list for interviews that are coming up. He's, he's probably the hottest name at this point uh, for the number one head coaching job somewhere. Uh, and then, you know, as we go along, I'm pretty sure the defensive coordinator from Baltimore, he's a young guy. I think he was, he was with his, with uh, John's brother, Jim in Michigan and brought over to Baltimore and he's had success in the last two seasons as a coordinator. His name will be uh, brought up. Nobody in Kansas City, uh, you know, because obviously Nagy, I had a head coaching job, and his offensive calling has been a little up and down, but he's, it's been going well in the playoffs. And Spignolia, he's been a head coach already. Um, and then you look, you know, obviously of, of where we are uh, with the – with the NFC with playing in uh, San Francisco, which will Wilkes name now start to evolve. And we all know he had a head, co- head coaching job and an interim head coaching job. But what he's done with that defense after D'Amico Ryan's left, I think his name probably will evolve as well. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where we go with this after the NFC championships with those names. But let's continue on with the games that we've seen with, you know, that just that I just mentioned, the NFC and the AFC championship games coming up. The four quarterbacks, uh, big storylines uh, in the AFC with uh, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, which I, it seems like he pretty much has a, a VIP ticket to the AFC championship every year. Uh, the NFC championship with Brock Purdy versus Jared Goff, who has the experience of playing in a Super Bowl and having a run with the Los Angeles Rams uh, at that particular time. What game excites you, and what things are you looking for uh, in the AFC and NFC? Bro, when you mentioned Patrick Mahomes as a VIP ticket, yes, uh, my mind went like, it went poop, poop, poop. Oh, uh, no. The, the fact is that Patrick Mahomes has been the starter for Kansas City for six years. Six years. And- for six years, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs have been in the AFC Championship games. And the picture that comes to mind when you mentioned the VIP ticket, it's like those clubs that they got people in line, you know, to get in. And, and he stuff. goes around. He, and, he goes- and no, 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 no. He walks, uh, he arrives in his big black Escalade, gets out because somebody got out and opened the door for him. He's got he the fur coat out. on. Does he have a fur on? He, he gets out with a fur and a cigar and a you know and a hat, and he walks right in. And the the six foot eight bouncer goes, "My man," yeah. and right in. And meanwhile, Josh Allen is in the back of the line with, with Joe ugly, Burrow with, with Joe an Burrow. ugly girl. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's wearing, and he's wearing polyester. <laughs> he's wearing polyester and flip-flops <laughs> hoping to get in to the club at some point that's the that's the picture that i got of, that's the afc championship game vip ticket picture that I, <laughs> I like, thought you were going another direction going back to when we said diamond girls and you go <laughs> 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 Like he gets out and it's just like everybody just stops and looks and it's like here comes Patrick and it's like 
Hi, Patrick. <laughs> Hello, how you doing? Hello. It just walks right in, just gives a pound, give a pound to the security, and they walk right in. It's just and it's it's so funny because you know, we've seen this story before, and you know, it's it's remarkable because this being his sixth AFC championship, and I've been to five, but to go to six straight, six straight when really you can look at it in the sense of he might have went to seven if Clark didn't jump off sides in the uh, was it no it was D four when D four jumped off sides in the AFC Championship against New England when they had the lead and that particular play I think Tom Brady threw an interception that they called back because he was off sides he would have won that game which it would have been seven and, and so I just I look at it in a sense for this particular game this is this is Baltimore's opportunity for Lamar Jackson to pull off kind of almost like a Joe Burrow. Like it's it's his opportunity to knock the king down on the hill, continue to build his legacy, uh, to implant his name into the elite quarterbacks because everyone on the outside always want to continue to bring negative stuff when it comes to Lamar. Oh, he doesn't win in the playoffs. He doesn't play well. Who cares about the regular season? Yeah, he's won MVPs or rookie of the year, whatever. That doesn't mean anything. Can he win in the playoffs? Now he leads his team back to the AFC Championship against the Kansas City Chiefs. And if he wins this game, I want to see. I want to feel the energy of all those haters that hated on Lamar Jackson. Oh, he, can't, he shouldn't win the MVP because his numbers aren't that good. You know, Brock Purdy's numbers are great. Dak Prescott's numbers are great. Christian McCaffrey. When all he did was win, and he continued to carry his team to this AFC Championship, if he can get over this hump and make it to the Super Bowl, what that will do for his legacy. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Saturday morning, I, very early, I will board a plane for Baltimore. I'm not going to Kansas City. I'm going to Baltimore for an AFC championship game. He's at home. Right. Got the better team with the better record under him. If you lose Lamar Jackson, you underachieved. Let's just say it that way, because they're supposed to win. 
And I get it. The Kansas City Chiefs are awesome. Andy Reid is a great coach. By the way, so is John Harbaugh. So I don't want to hear that. And Yeah, Philly connection. True that. Um, and, and what I'm saying is uh, it's there for Lamar. It's right. there. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, I didn't recognize the offense that I saw on Sunday because they had. It was way different than what we see in the regular season. Correct. <laughs> correct. Yes. They were freaking making plays down the field. And I'm like, what, 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 what? I felt like I'm more fun. What, 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 what? Um, or is that Porky Pig? I'm not sure. Porky, uh, Porky Pig. <laughs> um, so one of those guys was on my couch going, um, the, the idea that Lamar is one step away from the Super Bowl is very delicious to me mm-hmm. because that's a great dude. He is a seriously. But is- you know, you're 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 kind of biased because he's a Floridian. I understand that, and he he lived by you. You want to bring that story up? He lived by you when he was younger. He really didn't know who you were, but he lived by you. <laughs> I didn't go to his house. I didn't invite him over to mine. You're right. That's true. Uh, but you know what? I knew I, he was in the vicinity. You knew he lived over there. I know he lived over there. Yes. And, and the, the bottom line. Oh, and by the way, a lot of guys on Baltimore Ravens live down in South Florida. Yes. But um, so that's not the point. The point is. Somebody said a, a famous wrestler, I forgot his name. Um, yeah, to be the man, you must defeat the man. And now people, that's not what he said. He said to beat the man, you gotta be the man, or to be the man, you gotta beat the man. I'm destroying but, the quote. But the you, gotta, of- you gotta you gotta add the whoa in there. That's Ric Flair, whoa. baby. Come on, that's Ric Flair. Uh no, I I will add to, I'll add to that, Armando, because I think it, it's one in which um you know, being a former quarterback and, and obviously being on both sides of it now, it's unfair the criticism that he's received throughout his career thus far. And now it seems that now he's in this position and all the haters want to continue to find something. Oh, he loses this game. Then this it just solidifies everything that we've talked about. If he wins this game, oh, he's got to win the Super Bowl. And it's like, first and foremost, it's hard to, to make it to a Super Bowl no matter what, because teams get hot and then, you know, you're playing and any little mistake as we watch in the Buffalo game can cost you the game. Uh, and then if you make the Super Bowl, it's glorified in, until the team loses. But if that team that lost has a quarterback that's won, it's not as bad as if the quarterback who everyone thought would lose would have lost. That might have confused some people. Think about it. Let it sit for a minute. They can kind of understand it later. But for a sense of Baltimore, Baltimore has a, a great defense. Special teams-wise, they're pretty good on special teams. The running game is is obviously strong with Gus and, and Lamar, and, and they kind of elevated Dalvin Cook and haven't really used him as much. Uh, and then the, the X factor is having Mark Andrews back, with, by the way, Lively has been playing. So at the tight end position – your tight end and running back combination becomes so much of a threat that no one even focuses so much on Odell Beckham, uh, Bateman, and Flowers. And Flowers is one of those guys that if you blink, 
and you allow him to get past you or over the top, that's a touchdown. And so I love what Baltimore presents. But again, you got to look on the other side and say, okay, number 15 has the ball. And you talk about their offense. Rice has elevated, which I've been I've been thinking about this for weeks, and it's been talked about a little quietly. But Rice is their true number one receiver. I don't I don't even know if Ross even dressed for that Buffalo game because he didn't get involved at all. And so Rice is their number one guy. Um, you know, we Travis Kelsey. If you don't double Travis Kelsey, he's gonna kill you somehow. Pacheco is running the football, looking like. Eric, uh, you know, looking like Craig out there, Eric Craig out there. Like, um, then uh, Clyde Ellers Alaire, like, he's now involved in the offense, which I thought he might have been in a doghouse. He he ran the football well. So I just think for that particular matchup, it brings the excitement. But let's, let's talk more about the NFC because Brock Purdy did not play well in that, in that game against Green Bay. Green Bay should have won that game. That was a coaching error. And one in which I think all Green Bay fans after that game should be very excited about the future of Jordan Love and that football team. But when you look at the San Francisco 49ers with Detroit coming in, does Detroit have a chance in your eyes? Absolutely. They they are they are the hot, motivated, uh, inspired team. The 49ers are probably the more complete team. But in this tournament that we've got, this 14 tournament that we got now, we got Lamar Jackson, first round pick. Um, Jared Goff, number one overall pick. Right. Patrick Mahomes, first round pick. First round pick. And then Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy picked uh, in the draft a year ago or two years ago. And I'm thinking... Does he belong? I'm wondering that because he didn't look good for all but one series against the Packers. He did. It was an amazing series. Yes. Completed six out of seven passes in the rain when they had to have it. Drove right. them for the winning score. Tip of the hat, brother. Exactly. Good job. But for the other 56, 54 minutes of that game. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, oh my, not good. And he can't do that against the superior team like the Lions. He can't do that. It cannot happen because the Lions are going to put points on the board. They will put points on the board. But the thing that that I look at, um, the secondary of Detroit can become their weak link. Uh, Sutton, um, their corners, and... Their safeties are solid, obviously, with Gardner being back there and and uh, what they've been able to do with their safety position, if they can blitz him or put him playing in a hole where they're looking for crossing routes or whatever. And that's exactly what San Francisco likes to do. But their corners are their weak link. And when you talk about the receivers of the San Francisco 49ers with Ayuk, if Debo Samuels is healthy enough, um, you know, Jennings, those guys, I just think for San Francisco – they can take full advantage of that if Detroit's not able to get that pass rush on Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy's sitting back in that pocket, sitting pretty, it's not going to be. It's not going to fare well from the passing game standpoint uh, for Detroit. But on the opposite b- side of the ball, I think for Detroit and Johnson, their coordinator, they're going to run the football. They're going to run the football, and try to down their throat San Francisco because they struggle 
with stopping the run. You see what Andrew Jones was able to do. Uh, and even during the season with Gibbs and Montgomery, I think they start to run the football, establish that running game, and set up the play-action game, which now that opens it up and, and gives more of the onus on Detroit's offense to attack that defense from San Francisco Cisco, and put them on their heels. You know what? The NFL is a staircase, and a lot of times a team will have to climb the stairs to get to the top, and most teams don't get to the top, but they, they are on the climb. Right. The Lions are on that climb. And True. It, Feels like to be honest with you, they're not quite there yet to me. Uh, right. you know, they, they, they. It's a beautiful story. They came from nowhere. They were oh, they were challenging zero and seventeen at one point. The first year of Dan Campbell's, you know, uh, reign as the head coach, and here they are, three years later, four years later in the NFC Championship game. But it feels like there may be. You know they're they're couple more they're a couple more years behind they're years behind behind the San Francisco 49ers who have also been climbing and have been to the pinnacle of the Super Bowl and close to it but haven't quite gotten over the top. I but think isn't, isn't that almost the storyline? I don't mean to cut you off, Armando, but isn't that been the storyline over the last couple of years with Cincinnati, with Philadelphia? You know, with those with on the climb, and you're like, mm, they're just one year away. Because I, I remember saying it yes last year for Philadelphia. It was like, I think they're their NFC Championship team, possibly. But I think they're one year away, and then boom, they make it to the to the Super Bowl. Sanford, same thing with Cincinnati. When Jamar Chase comes in, it's like, mm, they're just almost right there, but boom, they make it to the Super Bowl. This could be it for Detroit to make it. You make a good point, and but what occurs to me is that Cincinnati jumped in line. It, you know, they were not the team that year Kansas City was, and yet, you know, they beat Kansas City. Right. Uh, you know, maybe Phila Philadelphia should have been and was the team last year, except for what? Kansas City. Right. Kansas City's been in that line for a long time, and they've exactly. been at the top of the mountain. It's time for them to get off the mountain. Somebody to... <laughs> You know, knock them off, but I feel like San Francisco is the next team in line right. to be on that on that mountain. Maybe you know Baltimore is always in the mix, but I feel like I just feel like Detroit is not the equal of the San Francisco 49ers. And you raised a great point. The Lions secondary is not good. If Debo Samuel gets healthy enough to play on Sunday. It's going to be a bad day for that secondary with him and Brandon Ayuk. If if he doesn't get healthy enough to play on Sunday, then you know all bets are off. It's going to be difficult for for everybody involved. Well, it's definitely going to be one that's going to be exciting to watch. These two particular games uh, have great storylines, have great quarterback play uh, at times, and then all season these quarterbacks have really shown you a lot of great things uh, throughout the season that you are kind of expect wonderful things to happen in this particular game. But let's go back to um, the game last week with the Buffalo Bills and, and Josh Allen. As a quarterback, former quarterback, you watch Josh Allen and you say, man, he did everything he needed to do to, to win, but there were about two, game, two plays in there that he could have made that could have changed the course of the game. And then you also look at it from a – analyst standpoint and say 
Why did you go for it on fourth down and do the, the fake punt to DeMar Hamlin? That was a bad move, which ended up working out in their favor because uh, Hartman comes in and fumbles the ball through the end zone, which they're talking about changing that rule, uh, you know, in the next competition meeting. And we'll see what happens with that. But for the Buffalo Bills and being in this position in Josh Allen's career right now, what would be your, I would say your interpretation or what would you, what would be your, your read just on Josh Allen and his career at this point? Yeah, it's, um, you mentioned he missed a couple of, of passes. It happened to be the last two passes of the season for him. Right. On the last two passes of the season, he blew it. Uh, he blew it because why? He had, he had Stefan Diggs coming across the field wide open and he threw it down the field to, uh, to, uh, Shakir. Shakir and, and, and knuckleballed it. And for some reason, a, 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 a pass that I've seen him complete, especially the tight ends 20 times, uh, that I've been there. So look, man, uh, the bills feel like, um, they have to re reboot that that's a team that needs to reboot because what they've been trying to do year after year after year, isn't good enough. It doesn't get them over the hump and they need to do something different. Um, Stefan Diggs, very disappointing. He disappeared at times during the season. He had this huge, you know, catch that he should have made that he didn't, you get paid to make that catch, dude. That's, I mean, that's right there. Uh, high school guys make that catch. So it, it, the coaching, weird. Donovan, they played, so they played nickel on defense against 13 personnel by Kansas City. That's not a great idea. Especially when they're out of that, those tight ends, out of those tight ends, one of them is the, the the guy that you focus in on that being Travis Kelsey. It it and I get it. You want to double him and you need a, a guy, you don't have a linebacker that can do it, and you're down linebackers and it's bad, but it's the reason that the Chiefs were able to average six point one yards a carry. Right, right. right. And it's the reason that, you know, and still, Patrick Mahomes got his. The you're playing nickel, and the the quarterback still toasting. Not sacked. Not sacked once in that game. Um, that's the other thing we mentioned. The Bills having to reboot. Von Miller is not Von Miller anymore. Um, the guys that they drafted to be Von Miller, like Greg Rousseau and people like that, they haven't stepped. You know, they haven't developed to those heights. This is a team that feel that I feel like has to sit down with itself and say, self, we're not good enough. We need to change some pieces out. Take the take the emotion out of it and and, you know, maybe get rid of Stefan Diggs and bring in a couple of, of wide mm -hmm. receivers that are going to make plays for us. Gabe Davis is a is un, is an unrestricted free agent. He might not be back. Probably won't. Right. Got to upgrade. You got to give the man more, more weapons. He feels, Josh Allen feels to me like John Elway. Except that John Elway actually was good enough 
to get his team that wasn't good enough into Super Bowls where they got blown out. Josh Allen can't get his team into Super Bowls uh, because he happens to have Patrick Mahomes in the same division. John Elway didn't win Super Bowls until he had another Hall of Fame player in the same backfield. So they need more talent. They, they need better coaching. Uh, I hate to say it. Uh, you know who fits there? Bill Belichick. <laughs> I'm going to so, say it. I'm glad that you brought that up. So, so do you put Sean McDermott on the hot seat? He should be. I mean, he – so as we sit here – the chances of him being fired are 0.00001. So it's not going to happen, right? Right. But if I'm the owner, I'm going, hey, uh, Rama, Rama. So we've been to the, you know, to the, to yeah, the top Champions of the mountain. Yeah. And we had that enormous Goliath knock us off every time. And yeah. what are you going to do different? And it's not, the answer is not. Snapping the ball to Demar Hamlin on fourth and four out of punt formation—that ain't it. Yeah, <laughs> that ain't it. Uh, so Sean McDermott is a hundred percent minus point one 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 percent. But to me, he's on the hot seat. Bill Bill Belichick is an upgrade. To me. Josh Allen needs more talent around him. And Josh Allen has to be better. He's, he's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. You're great, brother, but you're not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Simple as that. And you got to work to do that. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously one in which all quarterbacks get, get criticized and evaluated by the wins and losses. And at this particular point, he hasn't fared well in the playoffs. Despite how well he played, uh, despite the plays that he made in the game, he just wasn't able to win the game. And it's unfortunate that that's how all quarterbacks are evaluated, and rightfully so, that's why he should be. And, and, you know, look, I go through my whole deal. I've been to five NFC championships. I win the one Super Bowl. Uh, we see it on the other side of, of obviously, Patrick Mahomes going to six AFC championships and has, has been to four Super Bowls already. And so... Uh, it's it's one that's interesting and, and one that's that's kind of tough because you don't want to come down hard on Josh Allen. You don't want to come down hard on a lot of these quarterbacks. But when you look at their overall record and what, what they've done or what they haven't done, and then we look at guys like Lamar and some of these other guys that when, when they end up losing and people just come down hard on those guys, but then they decide not to come down hard on on the Burroughs or, or or the Josh Allens, it's unfair. Uh, it's bad analytical work, but that's just kind of how it goes, and you just got to deal with it. And I think they do have to make change in their culture out in, in Buffalo uh, at this point. And will they fire Sean McDermott? I don't think that's a smart move, but I'm sure he'll be on the hot seat of evaluation uh, for next season. But that's the closing of our show. We want to thank you for joining us here at the Five Spot. Join us Thursday as we go ahead and recap these games that are happening this weekend, a lot of fire. Uh, and for some that are, will be in Baltimore, you're definitely going to need some type of heat because it is cold out there. So dress warm. Look forward to seeing you on Thursday here at the Five Spot.